Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I would like to kick off our time with uh, scriptures from Luke 10. And just the very end of Luke 10. And then we're going to pivot to John chapter 11. I used my cell last week to make notes from Pastor Mike's sermon. So however you want to choose, there's especially three to-go slides that I want you to uh, take with you. On our way there, Luke 10, 38, and then we're going to jump to John 11. Now it happened as Jesus and his disciples went that Christ entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And if uh, you will patiently go with me to John 11, we'll skip around John 11, beginning with verse 1. The entrance of God's word gives light, that's for sure. John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in that place where he was, and the disciples get all shook up, <laughs> and uh, they're concerned that he's going to be late. In verse 11, these things Jesus said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus is sleeps, but I'm going to go that I may wake him. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, But they thought he was speaking about taking 
rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there because now you're going to see my words and believe in the glory of God. Verse 17, so when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was two miles from Jerusalem and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, Martha went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. We talk about Mary today. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And they had that conversation, and she says, I know he's going to rise to the last day, and they're kind of back and forth. And verse 28 says, and when she had said these things, the conversation volleyed back and forth. When she had said those things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was at the place where Martha had gone to meet him. Then the Jews who were with Mary in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly, they went out and went out. They followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Religion can comfort, but religion can't change. Religion can comfort. I mean, thank God for all the charities, all the, all the, the, the sweetness, all the kindness, the second commandment, all the things that religion does in the world. Hospitals, benevolence, food. Religion can comfort on the outside, but only Jesus Christ has the life and the resurrection as we celebrate. Jesus celebrate. He is risen. I want you to slowly notice this as I move into my theme this morning. Mary takes off in verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was, you see this? She fell down at his feet. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, Martha... She jumped ahead. We read that. She goes to Jesus and says, if you would have, you know, you get the idea that Martha is almost a sweet left brain. And Mary's a right and left brain. But Martha goes to Jesus and says, she eyeballs him and says, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Which is, I mean, wow, It's hard to beat that. That's a great faith statement. Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there because your brother was, oh, I know in the resurrection. I mean, she, she she was schooled in all the great glorious truths. And she knew that at that last day, we're going to rise. But when she says, the master's calling for you, the rabbi Christ, he's calling for you, Mary. Mary goes to where Christ is and when she comes to where Jesus was and sees him she fell down at his feet yet again pouring out her grief 
her sorrow and receiving his words and comfort, but she fell down at his feet and poured out her heart to Christ. So, in Luke chapter 10, Martha and Mary, they welcomed Christ into their home. And I don't want to be harsh on Martha. What a great sibling. In fact, Lazarus had a couple great siblings. (laughs) I thought maybe some sister would say amen. I have two sisters, and I am thankful for their strong, strong life and relationship with the Lord Christ. Lazarus, he just kind of like the spoiled brat sibling that just is the benefit of everything that they have in life. Although maybe, you know, he was, we don't know how much he sponsored all the assets. But he had two great sisters. Mary falls at his feet and says, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. He says, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, a famous verse, Jesus wept. In 41, after Jesus said, move the stone from the tomb, they took the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, Lazarus, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when Christ had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, who had died, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, you loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen these things, Jesus did believed on him. Then, of course, the chapter continues with typical response of the Pharisees trying to get rid of Christ with jealousy. But let's go to 12 as we continue our theme today. The very next chapter, John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made Christ a supper. Watch this. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Always picture him in his favorite recliner. Don't be hard on him. All right. (laughs) I'm not throwing a rock. Martha served. Lazarus was the witness, no doubt. He had the testimony. He was the featured guest with that testimony. I once was dead. I'm right here before you. Christ raised me from... Oh, that's great. But notice this. Lazarus served. Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Some of the disciples complained that it could have, you know, gone to feed the poor. And Jesus said, you always have the poor. Verse 8, for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. And 
our first slide today in Mark 14 of this account, Jesus said of Mary, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, Mary's act of anointing Christ would be remembered. Wow. Jesus said of Mary, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, Mary's act of anointing Christ would be remembered. And we not only read that, but we remember that today. Mary welcomed Christ into her home. Martha and Mary, no question about it. Mary welcomed Christ into her home, and while Christ was there, Mary kept close to him and listened to his words. Have you ever been invited to a house and went into that house and pretty much felt like then you were ignored? <laughs> sit there, Pastor. I've got to do some things out in the garage or, you know, in the, you know sit there. And you, well, now Martha was busy prepping nourishment for Christ. We're not any more uh, harsh on her than Christ's words of Mary choosing the best part. Mary, Martha, welcomed Christ into her home, and while Christ was there, Mary kept close to him and listened to his words. Capiche? Mary loved Christ, and Mary was honest when she said to Christ, If you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Good, good people, even sweet, good, holy sisters, can come up with what they have in agreement and fuss to Christ about what they've been talking about. (laughs) I mean, it it, it, it always amuses me that... Mary and Martha, wonderful and holy and precious and hardworking and servants and worshipers, that they're not too far off of contemporary brothers and sisters that decide that and, and, and repeat the same thing that they've heard. If you would have been here, our brother would not have died. When Christ was welcomed into their home, Mary sat at his feet to hear his words. What Christ called the good part, the best part. Mary freely offered Christ her possessions. The home, the nourishment, the time, the alabaster, the ointment. Three occasions in the Gospels, say three times, where we find Mary The worshiper of Jesus Christ at the feet of Jesus. And that, my beloved, to break down and share with you today is what I would like you to consider as the favor Mary received from our Lord.
And I was thinking, moving to today, that siblings in our life, our physical brothers and sisters, benefit by the favor we receive from the Lord. Your family is the beneficiary of God's favor in your life. Amazing to me. I mean, I don't want to swat Lazarus, but basically, what we know of Lazarus is he had two super sisters. (laughs) We know he must have eaten good. Martha must have been quite the cook. But the relationship that Mary and Martha and the favor Mary received from the Lord says, so he whom you love is sick. So he was a beneficiary of the sibling's relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to I want you to uh, have that awakened and, 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 and appreciative and say, value my walk with God. Say that with me. Value my walk with Christ. Say it again. Value my walk with Christ that you're the person in the gap. You're the person that's praying. You're the person. You're the person that goes to the feet of Jesus and says, my brother Harold, my mother, my sister, I come to you in prayer May you send your favor. Job, it says, got up early, went to the place of God, it says, to offer sacrifices because Job said, it may be that my children are not where they should be with the Lord. You're that person. Personalities vary with siblings. Have you noticed that? Christina, our youngest daughter, just gave birth to our last grandchild. The caboose has changed several times, but she assures me this is the caboose. I said, Lord, take the track out for crying out loud. (laughs) And she reminds me of the look on my face when she says, Daddy... I thought Remington, my caboose, the joy of the miracle girl, just turned to. Daddy, we're going to have another baby. And, you know, uh, I didn't facially react fast enough. Recently, she says, Dad, I remember that look on you. Oh, I was just thinking, what a, I will have room to love your fourth. No question. Dad, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, saying, I had to get used to, I had to kind of remodel and stretch and rebuild in my heart. I mean, the three, oh, man, how could you beat Remy? And now you announce to me a fourth. Right when I'm awakened from my afternoon Holy Ghost nap, what do you expect? And Kensington, just past 60 days old, it's almost like she, in her temperament and her comportment, is saying, I'm not going to make any waves, so don't expect me to be like Remington. (laughs) Boy, if you don't think there can be three alphas 
Yeah. There can be three out. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three. Yeah. And yeah. Remington was the third. And it's like she wants to move those two older. She jumps right into what they're doing, irritates them, and then uh, begs for clemency when she's found out. <laughs> A recent video showed her climbing out over her crib, going out the door with a Houdini look on her face. (laughs) I said, her middle name could be Houdini. What's going on out there that I'm not a part of? But in all sincerity, you need to know I love Kensington. And today they sent me a photo. Uh, her Nana Grace is there till Tuesday. And Kensington is getting ready for church and just waiting in her car seat inside the house because the car seat, as they're getting ready, is the best place for prep until they leave. And just sitting there. And I said, what a temperament. What temperament and comportment Kinsey has. What a blessing. What a blessing. My older brother was called to ministry and gave himself to the word. He was two years older than I and he immersed himself in Bible memory and study and, and teaching and loved the moving of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, I think was pastoring at 19 in the city of the angels in West Los Angeles. And when I developed... Uh, what I perceived as God's calling in my life, I didn't want to have people think it was uh, peak and repeat. And my first public speaking, I perhaps was at that time 19 or, or 20. It was the first Sunday night. It was a whole church-wide, but a youth emphasis where youth led worship and then one of us would speak. And my brother came to me that afternoon when I was prepping at the church house. And my older brother said to me, Larry, God has called you to preach. Don't worry what people think about me and what I've done. Because at that time, he was associate pastor of the church. He said, your gift and my gift, it varies, it trails off. Why don't you, as you prayed all afternoon for your sermon... You've studied, you're full of the word. Lean back and turn it loose. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be in the amen corner. I'll be celebrating you. You're different than me, but God's called you. Go for it. That's a good sibling. He had God's favor. My sisters have God's favor, and I've received God's favor, and part of the favor I've received is to live among you. That's God's favor to me. And I'm so thankful. This morning, Mary teaches us, and I've been talking about the favor lane of various Bible characters. I hope you're not weary of that word favor. I looked it up again because I've enjoyed our brothers the last couple Sundays. And favor means, I like to explain it this way, if if you'll let me explain it this way. Favor is receiving both the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, people say, mercy, 
is uh, the blessing in my life of not receiving what I really deserve to get. Judgment, illness, poverty, whatever. Grace is what I receive in my life that I did not earn. Can you say amen? And I looked up the definitions in the Hebrew and the Greek of favor. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. And if Sharon and Jill correct me next Friday, I'll come back and say, ah, I'm going to adjust my definition of favor. They'll be kind. But I think one of the best ways, beloved flock, my brothers and sisters, that I can define favor is receiving the mercy and receiving the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many desire favor? How many desire favor to continue? When we receive, starting with salvation, being born again, God's amazing grace. There wasn't anything we could do to earn it. And only in heaven will we know when he protected us, kept us from evil, kept us from accidents, kept us from disease. That's the mercy. There was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my guilty soul found liberty at Calvary. Favor, his mercy, his grace. We've talked of the various scriptures and and Bible characters from Ruth, from Mary, the mother of our Lord. Why would this favor come to me from our Lord? The Gentile Roman commander, speak the word here. And my servant, he taught us that we can pray here and God will heal our loved one across the miles. And Mary the sister of Martha and Lazarus, teaches us that siblings can be completely different and siblings are probably different, but our siblings benefit by the favor that we receive from our Lord Jesus Christ. My brother Dennis, my sister Cheryl and Maureen, they benefit from the favor I receive from the Lord. I benefit from the favor that my brother and Cheryl and Maureen received from the Lord because they name my name in prayer. Lazarus has something far worse than COVID. He's already dead. And what do we find? These two women of the word hunt Jesus down. And you know how we do that. In and around, say, the place of prayer. <laughs> so as we go today, I, I want to give you the last several slides. Mary is at Christ's feet to receive his words. We read that in Luke 10. Now, I'm going to end up by reminding you that Mary was a favor magnet. Say favor magnet. We all agree that we need his mercy and his grace acting and functioning in our life every day. David Curl's main servant in the house, family, that serves in their beginning church, beginning with that congregation in Austin, Texas. On the worship team, his wife does the online stream and his two children 
do the sound tech. All of them have COVID. And the father, the lead servant and worship leader in the house, is in ICU with COVID. We need favor. We need his mercy. We need the mercy from the Lord to say, no COVID, no disease, no virus. I am healed in Jesus' name. And we need his grace that imparts to us strong health, strong victory, the quickening of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the witness of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit to function in our life. Grace and mercy, thus the favor of the Lord each and every week. You don't just have to be the papa to 11 grandchildren, three daughters and three sons, no, three great son-in-laws and serving such an incredible flock as you, I need the favor of the Lord. And Mary says, you find it at the feet of Christ in the word. And I want to say it this way. I want to say it because this is not rocket science. This is the word. And then we're going to go. Not just kneeling and reading. Say posture. Not just kneeling to read the word, but that humility. Say surrender. Surrender. Oh, Lord, the entrance of your word. I read where you give your angels charge concerning my life to keep me in all my ways. I walk in that favor today. The word. Secondly, Mary is at his feet in grief and loss. Is that true? Yeah. She falls at his feet. I'm not going to swat Martha. I'm just going to say, Martha said, Lord, you know, the fact of the gospel is, Lord, if you'd have been here, you'd have kept him. That's, that's, a good, that's a good testimony. But when Mary goes, there's that functioning humility, reverence, that awe, A-W-E, that sense of surrender. That she had when Christ visited their home and she's at his feet to be nourished in the word. You know, that's a great preface to falling at his feet when we have grief and loss. Loving him, worshiping him, praising him, hunger for him before a 911. Yes, at that 911, her brother's dead. She falls at his feet, pours her heart out. Honestly, saying, if you'd have been here, we'd have never had a prayer request. If you'd have been here. <laughs> I originally thought she was at his feet for comfort. Well, that was a that was a result of this, but loved ones. Think about this for you and I too. She was at his feet when there was grief and loss. Wow. Lastly, 
as Mark 14 also reports in John 12, Mary was at Christ's feet to serve him. Wow. Favor magnet. Let's stand together this morning. Each week when we talked about a follower of Christ, we talked about how often they have such teachable moments, teachable moments. And Mary's teachable is these three times she's at his feet, which indicate it was a frequent posture. Say that with me, a frequent posture. Mary's teaching us that it's one thing to have Christ in the house. It's another thing to sit at his feet. in humility, in surrender. And I think the favor magnet that we come away with this morning, besides these three times, is a favor magnet is give Christ what you have. Well, Pastor Malky, that alabaster box was a year's wage. Well, she anointed him for his burial. That was one time. And what you bring him is different than what maybe anyone else brings him. And here's what I also thought about. Maybe all you have is heartache, grief, sin, and loss. Give it to him. <laughs> I thought about all the times in the Bible where he says, Come unto me. You come to me. You're heavy laden and weary, filled with sin. I will give you rest. I thought about the times from the leper to the woman with the hemorrhage. There was an honoring of Christ when they came with the expectation he was going to heal them. And they received the favor, the mercy, grace, the healing, the companionship, the forgiveness of sin. Come on, loved ones. Not just have him sit around the living room, but let's carve time out to sit at his feet to be nourished by his word, to open our heart honestly and tell him how it is, and after he answers, to celebrate by giving him lavish praise for what he has done. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your only begotten Son. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us that whosoever believes in you will not perish. They have the favor, the eternal favor grace and mercy of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Today, Lord, we're in your house representing siblings, brothers and sisters, families and parents and grandchildren, and we want to be that person receiving favor when heartache and grief touch our siblings or family. He whom thou lovest is sick, and you said, I will go that I may raise him. Thank you, Lord, for our sons, our daughters, our siblings, our brothers, our parents, our extended family. We are the carriers of favor. We've been vaccinated against sin, against death, and we're carriers of eternal life, healing, companionship, the nourishment of your word. We thank you. Lord, we move and we are dismissed from your house today. 
with a sense of we are carriers of God's favor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for coming.